Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then move my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. The journey to success for some in life ultimately is determined by, well, determination. The will not to prove everybody wrong, but to prove yourself right. Today's guest is someone I looked up to when working on my own career. I drew from his story. It gave me hope. And for our listeners out there who have been on similar journeys and are in the middle of one right now, we're about to be inspired, motivated, and enlightened. From high school to junior college, where he played at Mississippi State and flourished, to the NFL, where he played a pivotal role that led to a victory in the Super Bowl as a D-back for the Washington Redskins. Each of those roads were never easy, and I'm ready to go down his life's road right now. Please welcome from my hometown, I'm very proud to have him on my show, Greenville, Mississippi, Greg Williams. What's up, Greg? Thanks, Steve. You finished football and you found camp. You stayed there in Washington, right? That is correct. Okay, so tell me, so tell me, let's let's start there. After football, did you ever think about coming back home or were there opportunities there? I know it was a different era. Uh, back then and the money was not like it was today and uh, a lot of you guys a lot of my friends it, in your era in my era or you know they do other things so you know why'd you stay and then you know where'd it lead to and what are you doing now well i tell you steve i i uh, when i played you know when i finished it, i i had made new friends and i had some ties here had a few business deals and uh it was kind of, I just kind of never, I know I had family back home and I and just never really, I said, um, I never looked at getting, of going back. I just kind of said I stayed up here and um, I did have some opportunities that didn't work out uh, to, to get back. You know, I look back on it, there's nothing like a, you know, a small town. Um, I love that tradition. Um, it's different up here, but now that I've been here so long, I've kind of grown into it. Right. Right, we're talking to Greg Williams, my man from Greenville, Mississippi, former former NFLer, has a big ring somewhere in a drawer, I, I imagine, hidden away. Hey, Greg, take me back to high school days. Your journey was you had to work at every level. It, it, well, that was the story. So I'm about to find out the truth behind it all. I want to know, as a kid, was it multiple sports? And then, you know, were there any offers uh, to a to a Division two school? Um, you know, sort of take me on your high school journey first 
in sports? Was baseball a priority or basketball? Uh, you know, just, just sort of take me down your road as an athlete here. Okay, well, started I started in high school. At, um, well, I'll tell you, my first year, I guess I was, uh, well, I was always small. My first year of high school, my sophomore year, I went out there, and I remember the coach said, um, I think you're too small to play. Uh, you're more than welcome to be to be a manager, and boy, that kind of that kind of struck me wrong because um, all my friends were playing, and um, and it kind of it kind of lit a fire in me. And I remember going home and telling my dad that my dad said, "Well, what are you gonna do?" I said, "I'm gonna prove him wrong." He goes, "Well, do what you got to do." So um, I, I, you know, got in the weight room, kept trying, never grew much, but uh, you know, things worked out pretty well there. Um, as far as multiple sports, I had I was just trying to play one at a time. And of course, back in those days, you, you know you played football during the fall and basketball during the winter, and right? Baseball during the summer. So I kind of did all of them. I didn't specialize in any of them. Um, wow! I knew I wasn't going to be a basketball player. I knew that. So, but I enjoy playing. It's just it's just the competition that you know we all played and all my friends played and. You know, my high school team only had 17 players, so um, it's kind of it's kind of funny when I see it up here. With you know, they have 110 kids at yeah. these high schools up there, <laughs> so it was a little different. And um, you know, and then we had a we had a coaching change my junior year. Uh, Bill McGuire, who coached at Indianola Academy, right? He yeah. came, they brought him in, and um, and he was a he was a good high school football coach for me. He um, gave me an opportunity, and of course, I don't know if it was an opportunity or I, I was the last resort. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, um, but it worked out, and um, you know, and I and I played. You know, we we played down there at Greenville Christian, right? And um, we didn't we didn't have great success, but we did okay for for a small school, and um, there were no. You know, I played with uh, Gary Schaffhauser, who played played quarterback. Signed with you know he was a he was what you would call consider today a five star recruit. And um, so it was um, he was there, and there you know Ole Miss and Mississippi State and all the big schools there were were on him. So, um, but no, nobody was there for me. Wow. So um, as it turns out, um, I had no offers. Uh, no interest anywhere, and um, not even JUCO. Not even JUCO. Wow. Not even JUCO. So, my coach was talking to me. He was, um, you know, he was a Mississippi State grad, and he was trying to get me over there. And uh, they just wouldn't. They wouldn't even. I mean, they wouldn't even talk. They wouldn't even talk to him about me. So. Um. He asked me that I want to play. I said, man, I would love to play somewhere. I just want to continue playing. So I got a phone call from him one day, and he said, hey, uh, coach over Mississippi Delta Junior College is willing to bring you on. I said, great. I'll, I'll love to do it. And that, I think at that time, that was probably July going into my freshman year. And so you hadn't even made a decision, and, uh, right? It was late. It was a late. No, yeah. I, I was sitting there waiting and uh, – and uh, so Craig Randall, who was the coach over, longtime coach at, Mr. at uh, Moorhead, Mississippi Delta, um, called me up and said that he would 
like to offer me the opportunity to come play football. So I said, all right. So I got enrolled, and, and I went to Mississippi Delta. All right, we're talking to Greg Williams. Greg, real quick, back up for a second. When did you start to make an impact, and when did you notice? Did you start getting in the weight room? You got the chip. Now, you're, you're the underdog right now. I mean, you're about to carry the David versus Goliath role through your entire career, and it started with the coach saying you're too small. And the funny thing is you only got 17 guys on your team, not 110. And he, if, I, if I'm him, I'm going like, well, just in case. You know, but it was that moment. That, that like with Herschel Walker, right? There's, I've talked to so many of, of, the, of the people I've gotten to know through this radio show. And the one, like Gerald Glass, he said he played with a chip his entire career. And I'd have never known it. You've got this chip now, and you're the underdog. You're David. So looking back, first of all, you think about what you just said. If you would have been in a school and been told that with 110 kids versus 17, being in a small town and having the opportunity to have the time to grow and get better, uh, do, do you feel like the the fact that you were down here in Greenville did help you in the long run? Yeah, I you know, I think I think that drive and determination, you you know, God either gives it to you or he doesn't give it to you, mm-hmm. and. I don't. I don't think it really matters where I would have been. I, with me personally, I think I just had that drive. I wanted to. I wanted to do something, and then somebody telling me I couldn't do it <laughs> just fueled the fire for me. Yeah. You know what I mean, I was. Um, I really wanted to. I mean, it came to a point that I used it as a as a um, as a training tool. It was a somebody says you can't and prove them wrong. Right. You know, I never. I was never a star. And, and I, I really, you know, we all want to be a star, but I just wanted, I wanted to fit in with my peers. I wanted to be part of it and feel like that I was contributing. And um, that fire that when that they told me I, I couldn't do something, right? Just, just feel me to, to get out through those hot summer days to and work and to be able to compete with my peers. And I think after that junior year, during that summer, um, Coach McGuire, you know, he he kept pushing me to, you know, to hey, you got to, you got to, you got to get in the weight room, you got to get stronger. We're going to be dependent on you. Wow. He gave me that vote of confidence. Yeah. I yeah. said okay, so it made it easier to work. Right. Now, the speed up things, I never envisioned in my career of going anywhere other than Mississippi Delta Junior College. Man. At that time when I was a high when I was a high school junior. Right. Um, heck I didn't I wanted to play college football but I was worried about playing high school at the time. Right. Um now once I once I got the opportunity to go to Mississippi Delta and, and did and did okay there, then then the then it, then my story picks up. So um but I think between my junior and senior years when it really kicked in that that I could um, maybe play some additional football. Wow, we're talking to Greg Williams, former Mississippi State standout, Washington Redskins. He's got a big shiny ring. He's from my hometown. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We're going to be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
I'm Steve Azar. I'm with former NFLer, a bulldog at Mississippi State, Greg Williams. Uh, just knowing what you went, you know, thinking what I knew what you went through, and now I really know what you went through. Well, you know, without getting recruited in high school, I didn't know anything about a recruiting process. Right, right. So I started getting some of these letters from, from smaller schools, um, and I'm taking them, and I said, I don't know anybody over there. I'm throwing them in the trash. I didn't, you know, and I, <laughs> and I opened one up, and they're talking about me uh, wanting to come see me and maybe maybe play football for them. I said, I'm going to Mississippi State. I'm not going to these schools. And I had four or five teams offer me scholarships, and, but they were smaller schools. I remember um, UT Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a couple of other ones because they're seeing you. They're seeing you play at G, in, they, they in junior college, play, right? Yeah. They had to have. But you guys are getting your your winning, and they got to be looking at a team that has that's winning. And all of a sudden, they see you. It makes sense. And now, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of colleges still to this day pull in recruits from junior college. I mean, we know that that's for sure, especially in Mississippi. Yes, really a big breeding right. ground for for that. Yes. So, um, you know. Something I, I can go back a little bit. Uh, between after my freshman year, Coach Randall, who retired, who had been there, I don't, you know, I, I think he was there for over forty years. Hmm. He retired, and they brought in the coach at Southern Miss. Wow! And I cannot remember his name. That's all right. But any, but anyway, he 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 comes in, and I think he was from Leland, okay. Mississippi. Okay, and. They brought him in after my after my sophomore year. He was telling me he goes he pulled me aside. I said, "Hey, I think you can play down at Southern Miss." Hmm. I said, "Well, if they give me the opportunity, I'll be more than happy to go there." Right. I said, "But right now, I'm um, I'm looking at walking on in Mississippi State." So anyway, he um, the recruiter came down and talked to me and said, "Look." Um, We'll give you a preferred walk-on. And I said, well, if I'm going to walk-on, I'm going to walk-on to Mississippi State. Right, right. Um, and, of course, um, my coach talked to me and, and said, I think, you know, whatever you do, I think I think you're going to be okay. I said, well, I'm going to give it a shot anyway. And that's how, you know, and I, I talked to my parents about um, about some of these other schools that, you know, had given me opportunities. And, and I remember my dad sat me down and says, hey, look, this team here wants is willing to give you a scholarship, and you want to go walk on. I said, yeah, I don't know anybody over there. I don't you know this and that. He goes, well, that's part of life. You know, and we went through a little turmoil there because I was dead set on going to Mississippi State. And, you know, and coming from a small school in a small town, right? money's not, money's not you know, flourishable. As a parent, as a parent, Greg, I was just thinking that <laughs> I'm going like, wait yeah. a minute, you know, where we're sending kids to college, and I'm like, oh my God, your parent, your dad's ready to to break out that belt. <laughs> well, you know, now that I've had kids and I've had to put them through school, I look back and said, now I see where he was coming from. Yeah, yeah. So I remember it was over Christmas break, and uh, and my mom always told me, she goes, if you want to, you do what your heart tells you to do. I said, well, my heart's telling me. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be in Mississippi State. She goes, and you go. We'll find a way. And I really didn't know about how this, um, you know, how expensive college was or anything else. And uh, I remember my dad was at work, and I went down and <laughs> told him I told him my decision, and uh, and I said, Dad, I need some, I need some money. <laughs> he kind of looked at me and uh, said, Well, 
we all need money. <laughs> he said, I don't know what I don't know what we're going to do. And he said, look, he said, if if we can get a loan, I can I can I'll give you the money. And I remember we're going down First National Bank of Greenville wow. right there. Walked in there and told them my story, what I wanted to do, and they said, absolutely, we can do something. And so we got the money, and my dad says, now, how are we going to pay this back? I said, well, I'll work, and I'll help pay it back. And I said, Dad, I'm going to get a scholarship. That's right. He goes, well, I got enough money for one semester. Oh, wow. He says, that's about all I can do for you. I'm going to get a scholarship, and I'm going to take care of this. Everybody in the world was telling me, I mean, I was, I was the laughing. I mean, it was, I was the joke guy. Because I was out there and I, I was working my butt off that, you know, during that time. And and everybody said, you can't play. You can't do it. You yeah. can't do it. And I can remember my mom always telling me, she goes, don't, you list, you do what you want to do. Right. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. And to this day, I've um, I've always held that in the back of my mind because, you know, in life, that life life's not easy. And... There's, there's challenges. You've had them in your in yeah. your business. There's rejection all over the place. And if you say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. He said, I couldn't do it. I'm just going to do something else. Well, you got to stick with it. Um, you know, if, if you really believe in it, you got to stick with it. And and I did. And I walked over there, uh, brought my stuff in there. Didn't know a soul except my buddy who, was, um, who I went to high school with. And... His roommate apparently had left. He left uh, Mississippi State over the winter break. So I'm, I said, I'll room with you. I haven't applied to get into Mississippi State. I haven't been accepted. I didn't know you had to. So, That's great. So really, when I tell you this story, it's, I mean, people think I'm making it up, but this, yeah. is, this is the honest goodness tree. I walked in there, put my little trunk in that room, and I was in the athletic dorm. Well, the only guys that are athletic them are approved by the coaches. <laughs> and I was, you know, of course, these, the players don't know if you're, you know, if the coaches brought you in or what. They just saw me in there with Gary, <laughs> and Gary introduced me to some guys, and, and I told them some I was, I was a walk-on, this and that. And there was other walk-ons. I was in the dorm, and now you go down to dinner and ask Gary, I said, hey, am I supposed to? He, just, he said, I would do it until somebody says something. <laughs> Well, I'm going through the food line like I'm supposed to be there. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't even enrolled in school yet. Finally, I think, uh, I think it was on a Friday, and I think classes started on a Monday. And Gary said, hey, have you registered yet? I said, what's registered? I said, I'm, I'm here to play football. He said, well, you gotta get in. You got to get into the school. <laughs> I said, I, I haven't thought about that. So I went over and talked to the – he took me down, and I got with the um, academic advisor. I talked to him and told him, you know, he goes, well, where are you staying? What, you know, I said, I'm staying in MacArthur Hall. He goes, well, no, that's for scholarship players. I said, well, that's where I'm staying. <laughs> I've already got my stuff there. I'm staying. I'm rooming with Gary. He goes, well, who approved this? <laughs> I said, I didn't ask anyone. I just, I didn't know I had to. <laughs> he goes, well, he said, you might not be able to stay there the whole time, but right now you stay there until, until somebody says you can't. And uh, got in school. And then over the winter break, they had another coaching change. They brought in Emory Ballard. Yeah. Came in from uh, Texas A&M. He, had a, he called a football meeting, player meeting, and introduced himself. And I, now I'm going in the weight room. I'm working out. with the, like I'm, People think I'm supposed to be there. They thought I was the guy they brought in. 
I'm just trying to fit in. I remember, I guess it was uh, late January, and I walked over to the office, and I remember uh, Coach Ballard's secretary, she, her name was Hazel, and uh, she said, can I help you? I said, I need to see Coach Ballard. Well, he's busy. I said, well, then I'll wait. And I think I waited an hour and a half, going on two hours, and I heard her pick the phone. She goes, Coach Ballard, he's still here. He's, he's not leaving. He goes, well, send him in. And I remember walking in there, seeing Coach Ballard, and he's, he didn't have any idea who I was. So I, uh, he goes, what can I do for you? And I said, well, Coach, I need to know what I need to do to get a scholarship. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'm, I'm going to walk on. And, he's, and he smoked a pipe. And he, I remember him. he took his pipe out. He leaned back and had a little grin on his face and said, you want to know how to get a scholarship? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, well, you, you put yourself in a playing situation um, and I'll give you a scholarship. I love and it. I said, do you mind telling me what a playing situation is? <laughs> and with that, he kind of looked at me and goes, you make my first or second team, I'll put you on scholarship. Wow. I said, okay. That's what I, I just want to know what I had to do. And I said, I appreciate it. Shook his hand, and I walked out. Okay, so wait so, a minute. So wait, 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 wait. So the, this is a common occurrence with you. You went to your junior high college coach, he said, you know, he, he's not playing you. You've made yourself aware to them. Now they both knew who you were, right? And they're, yeah. and, and they're impressed because they wanted that. If you look back, you know, they, those guys wanted guys like you that would, would step in that weren't afraid to say, I believe in myself. They have to have that in those pivotal, critical moments when something matters, you know? And, and that, to me... Says it all. Okay, we got we to gotta jump into a break, and we're going to continue this incredible story with former NFL D-back for Washington Redskins Super Bowl winner, Mississippi State Bulldog, Greg Williams. Greg, you get to play DJ real quick because you know you grew up in the birthplace of American music no matter how you slice it. So you get to pick. Would you like to hear a little B.B. King or Albert King? B.B. All right, B.B. it is with my man Greg Williams. I feel like I'm really back home. You're in the Mississippi Minute. Stand by. I gave you a brand new Ford. But you said, I want a Cadillac. I bought you a $10 dinner. And you said, thanks for the snack. I let you live in my kid's house. You said it was just a shack. I gave you seven children, and now you want to give them back. Just a In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar, I'm with former NFLer, a bulldog at Mississippi Sunny State, boy, they have the choice at Moorhead Christian School, right down the street from us. Greg Williams, he lives in D.C. now. He stayed. You talk about your journey. Greatness is never achieved in the obvious. It's got to come from something like this. Okay, so you finagled your way into school without sign. I mean, this is crazy. You know you got to make the first or second team. You got a semester. I'll pick this up now. We'll fast forward this. We'll go to, we got spring practice started. 
I go in there and I get my pads issued to me. Now, I know a lot of the guys, but they really don't. They know I'm a walk-on, but they thought that I was brought in. <laughs> um, I wasn't. So we get we get all get on my gear and we get all dressed. We go out there and we meet. And we're all gathered right in the middle of the field. And Coach Blard's talking to us because he's a new guy to all of us. He's got some new coaches, and uh, there's a few there's a few stayovers that he kept. And so he says that uh, all right, you guys. Uh, Offensive lineman go down with Coach Barry. Uh, defensive lineman go to Coach Randall. Defensive backs go to Coach Dove. Jack, Jack, Jack. So he said, if you don't know, he said, if you're a walk-on, stay here. So when everybody else left, you know, all the scholarship players, they all left. You know, the guys have been there a couple of years. There's about 25 of us sitting there. All right, uh, you three go down here, this and that. And, and what did you play? And, and he finally got to me and said, what are you guys? I'm a defensive back. He goes, well, you go down there with defensive backs. That, that, that was another spark in the tank for me because I said, you know, wow, are you kidding me? <laughs> I came here to play. They don't even know who I am. <laughs> so it's, it's got to be 25, 26 defensive backs. They play four. Um, I think, um, well, I know a couple of corners were, Returning guys, juniors. Uh, the safety was Kenny Ray Johnson, who played with Atlanta for about ten years. Yeah. Uh, Larry Bird, who was um, who was a spectacular athlete. He was he was number two, but he had I understand he had grade problems. He had school problems, and he was on the bubble. And then you got other guys who were who filled out the depth chart. And of course, I'm at the dead bottom. And you got nowhere uh, else to go practicing. but up, baby. Well, I got, yeah, I'm, I'm used to being there, so I was all right. I, and I was telling myself, because I never got to practice, I do all the um, pre practice stuff, but once we started practicing and scrimmaging, I, I just never got the opportunity. And I'm watching guys in front of me, and, you know, I think some of the guys that have been there, you know, they, they were sophomores and they were freshmen the year before, and they were highly recruited. They, but I noticed they didn't have that drive, and it kind of um, it bothered me. I said, "You've got the opportunity, and you're not playing a hundred percent." I said, "Wow, that's this." I said, "I can play with these guys." So, you know, spring camp's not but two weeks. I think we had might might have been three. So we had a little scrimmage, one offense, two defense, and and so I'm out here. We're, we're going against the first team offense, and and there's a there's an injury. To a defensive back. I think it was a corner. And I remember a defensive line coach yelled out he needed a defensive back. Nobody moved. He yelled again. Nobody moved. So I'm sorry, I said, if he says it again, <laughs> You're gone. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> so he he had a few choice words come out and says, hey, I need a defensive back. You know, I call this my third time. So with that, up, 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 I'm going. And, and another boy jumped up, too. And I said, hey, you had your chance. Sit down. I'm going. I got this. He goes, what did you play? I said, wherever you need me to play. <laughs> he said, all right, get a corner. So I'm in there, you know. And, and I'm matter of fact, Marty McDowell, who ended up playing in the pros from Minnesota for a couple of years, happens to run out there on me. I said, wow, okay. They throw about a 35-yard touchdown pass over me. And I <laughs> and it would go right straight to goal line. And I, I didn't have time to really dwell on that. So, wow, that's my opportunity. And I, and I just blew it. So we go to goal line. I said, all right, I got I to gotta do something. And sure enough, 
Um, I make a I make a good play. I make a tackle, and the defensive line coach goes berserk because we know we held him on <laughs> on goal line. And I can remember he's he's picking me up. He was a big man. He was a drill sergeant. He picks me up and he says, "Who? What is your name?" And I told him. <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, if you play, if you tackle like this, you can play for me." Wow, there it is. And I said, "I said, all right." Well, with that play, with that play, I think I got on the radar. I moved up. Uh, I was now thirteen. So uh, I mean, the next, the next, the next week, I was thirteen. So the safety who had uh, academic trouble. Larry Bird, he got suspended because his grades were, were not good. Right. Defensive back coach comes to me and says, hey, can you play safety? I said, coach, I can play anywhere. <laughs> I'll play linebacker if you need one. <laughs> he goes, well, we're going we're gonna to move you to safety because, you know, we just lost this guy for the, for the thing. I said, perfect. So now I'm promoted to the second team. Oh, yeah, baby. So I finish out. I finish out the year in the spring practice, play the spring game. I'm second team, so I so we come back now. We come back to fall practice, and uh, Coach Brown hasn't said anything to me about my scholarship. Yeah, I mean you're back. You're back the next year. You had to pay for your your school. Well, I got to enroll. Got to enroll. I had. I didn't. I just showed up again. Yeah, I didn't of enroll. course you did. <laughs> and um, I remember my dad kept saying, "Hey, have you talked to Coach about that scholarship?" He said, "We got to get this figured out." I said, "No, Dad. I, said, I ain't going to press it." I said, um, "That's what the man told me." He goes, well, I don't know how you're going to get in school. I said, well, I'll we'll figure it out. Mom, of course, mom was there for me. And she said, don't, don't you worry. We'll, we'll yeah. find a way. Awesome. She said, the good Lord, good Lord will provide for you. Don't just let's go. So love it. We go into uh, fall practice, and um, sure enough, I'm number two on the depth chart. Um, come in there, and we practice and everything, and then we got we have our. I think it's a maroon and white game before they open up the season. Right. Coach Blard has not has not said a word to me about scholarship, except he can't. He did come over and talk to me and tell me he says, "Hey, he goes, hey, you you're doing pretty good." He says, um, <laughs> "Keep up the good work." I wanted him. I was scared to mention anything about the scholarship. I said, "Well, then he'll get mad and just and I get demoted." So I didn't say anything. Went on and, and played. Well, at the end of that scrimmage, I got rolled up on my ankle. I tore my tore my ligaments in my ankle, oh. and I think I broke a bone. I hobbled off the field, and uh, mm. they hold me out. And it was, at, it was right at the end of the scrimmage. So um, I'm over getting dressed, and uh trainer comes in and says, hey, you need to go to the infirmary to get that ankle x-ray. I said, it'd be all right. I mean, it, and it was ballooned. I said, it'll be all right. I'm not hurt. I am not hurt. So I hobble out, got a big ice bag on it. My, my parents take me over to the infirmary. They do the x-rays, and they wheel in a wheelchair. And they said, you, you've broken your ankle, and you've torn your ligaments. I said, no. I said, I walked in here. I said, I'm, I, I'm all right. No, it, it, we can just tape it up. I'll be okay. They said, no, you're gonna, we got to put you in traction and let the swelling go down and and with that, I was, um, I mean, I was almost in tears now because I said, there goes my opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I am I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Well, my dad, they were outside. They come in and said, well, we're going to go on back home. And I was all, you know, I wasn't a, a good son at that time. And 
he goes, hey, well, don't worry about it. I said, we'll find a way. And said, um, no sense in sulking about it. And I said, yeah, well, that was my opportunity. He goes, well, quit crying about it and let's go. He says, um, you've done good so far and see what you can do. Well, he leaves. And I thought it was kind of odd that the way he left, because normally he was more worried about it than I was. Right. Well, about 15 minutes, minutes later, Coach Blard comes in to check on me. He said, I'm going to come over and see how you are. They said, I broke it. I said, I don't think I did because I walked in here. And I said, but, you know, Coach, I said, I really needed to get that scholarship because I can't go to school. And I can't get a scholarship if I'm not on first or second team. And with that, he said, oh, he said, hey, look, he said, you put yourself in a playing situation. I'm giving you a scholarship. Wow. Now we're talking. I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> so uh, so now I'm, I'm in good spirits. So now I call home, talk to the parents, and <laughs> tell them. And he goes, he said, we saw him out in the hallway. We already knew. I said, I knew something was up. Uh, wow. The way you left. <laughs> and that's how I got my scholarship. And I ended up playing. And um, Unbelievable. And good things happen from there. Wow, we're talking to Greg Williams, former Mississippi State standout, Washington Redskins. He's from my hometown. You're in the Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. Oh, I'm singing or swimming with you. Oh, I'd rather be swimming with you, girl. Hey, team. Are you or do you know an aspiring songwriter or artist that needs coaching and direction on how to navigate the music business? Do you have a corporate event, festival, or fundraiser that needs entertainment or event consulting? Let All Access Azar bring your vision to life and help you avoid the mistakes that can steer success off course. With access to my A to Z wealth of knowledge, expertise, and contacts in the entertainment business, my team and I are ready to help you help assess what your goals are and identify the steps to get there. I'll bring many years of expertise and network resources to help facilitate the success of your brand. To learn more about the wide range of services we offer, visit our website, aaazar.com. That's aaazar.com. Fill out the form that fits your needs, and we'll get back to you. Thanks a lot. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah, I've been down. I've been beaten. I've been cheated. You see it in the way I walk. Read it on my weary face. Been more like a pebble. Instead of a rock, instead of the rebel you once knew. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with former NFLer. A bulldog at Mississippi State, Greg Williams. This is, uh, this is now, I now I know really why I drew from you, even more so. <laughs> you know, because you were a distance to me. You know, you were you were this sort of, uh, you were real, but it was not real to me, what you were able to accomplish with the stories. And uh, I just remember, you know, uh, just knowing what you went, you know, thinking what I knew what you went through, and now I really know what you went through, which was another whole level. I'm glad I didn't know all this, because I don't know if I would have. <laughs> it was too crazy. It's too crazy. We're well, talking I, to Greg Williams. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I use my story all the time with young with young players 
Uh, I've coached a lot of my kids' uh, teams, and I've used it. Uh, not so much for me, other than I'm saying, hey, anything's possible if you put your if you if your heart's in it and you have this desire. Right. I said it might not work for you today, but I said, but don't give up on it. Um, I've used that. Matter of fact, I'm I spoke to my um, son's um, college baseball team, and wow. the coach said, hey, I, I want them to hear your story. Yeah. I want them to hear it. Because I think it's pretty neat, and I'm like, well, you know, and I'm I don't really boast about it, but I do. I love my story. Um, I, I I look back on it, and I and I say I don't think I would I would want it any other way. And every time I hear about a, uh, I watch on ESPN some of those um, guys that get scholarships from walk-ons. Yeah, and you know, uh, they have a special place in my heart because I know I know what they're going through. And um, I just liked it. I, I just wouldn't change um, anyway, anything about the way my, my career went. Well, can I ask something, Greg? I mean, I know I love it. I do yeah. love watching when they when they're they line they the whole teams together and the coaches. You know, he gives that scholarship and everybody jumps on them. It, it's it's awesome. Can I ask you? So after Mississippi State, you you start and you 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 are a player, and I remember it. I mean, you were effective. And everybody knew your name Let me, in the in the Bulldog Hell State Nation. So you're coming back home, right? And everybody yeah. that probably thinking all the athletes you grew up with that may have been more advanced or whatever during the time and who didn't have this desire and drive and stubbornness and pride that you have that you had. Um, what were they saying? Were they like, man, what was it like? Well, I heard a lot of people who who years, um, and I and I and I don't, I don't hold any harsh feelings to them, but people who laughed and always always said no, yeah, they were quick to say, "I always knew you were going to make it." Yeah, <laughs> I always knew. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm you wasn't at the time, yeah. but yes, um, but um. But yeah, I got some of that, and it was on. Um, but in my heart, I I just said I thought, you know, I said, all right, at least, hey, I succeeded at what I was, what I set out to do. Because I, I mean, I really didn't set out saying I want to do this to prove somebody wrong. I just used their their negative to me, right, as a positive for my outlook. It it, it, it drove me, um, and maybe that's what. Maybe that's what it was intended to do. Um, I had that drive because there was many times when I said, I'm going to hang them up. Yeah. It's just it's not working. Uh, but then I would come back to reality. It's, just, it's not easy yeah. to, um, to hang it up. Hey, you've been in a Mississippi Minute. Stay tuned for day two with Greg Williams. It's only getting better. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, When I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. 
On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi minute. It's day two. We are with NFLer, Mississippi State, Hell State. Christian High School, Moorhead, and Junior College. In the middle of all that, somehow this man makes it all the way to winning a Super Bowl. Walking on the whole way. Are you kidding me? Greg Williams. Greg, you know that you and I will write the song I always knew some of the time. <laughs> hey, so, okay, so you, you come out of, you weren't drafted, or were you drafted? Nope. Was not drafted. Of course you weren't. You show up at Washington for the Redskins. The coach doesn't know you're there. What happened? You would show up in the parking lot. What? Because back then we well, didn't. We didn't have a combine back then, did we? Yeah, they had one, but I mean, it's not like it is today. Okay, well, that's a whole different story. Um, you know, I played with Johnny Cooks, who's from Leland. Right. He was a first rounder. Glenn Collins was a first rounder. So we had scouts in the complex all the time. Just because we had two first rounders in our in my class, right? Um, so I'm in there. I mean, the season's over. It's January. We we came back from the Hall of Fame Bowl, and you know I'm pretty much done. Some people ask, "Hey, are you gonna you gonna try the next one?" I said, yeah, "I would." I said, "But I'm gonna tell you something. Man, I'm lucky to be where I'm at. I, don't, I probably you know I'm not gonna get there. I, I didn't know how to go about doing. It. Yeah. I mean that's so now I'm showing my a small town. Yeah. Town, um, All of a sudden, you changed. <laughs> so I was in the locker room one day, and um, a guy comes out. One of the trainers come in and says, "Hey, there's a guy who wants to see you." I said, "Who?" He goes, "I don't know." He says, "I think it's." Uh, he really didn't say. I think he's a scout. I said, "Well, you got." The, I, I look around at the guy. Come on, hey, he's putting this guy up there. So I, I don't go out there. <laughs> Twenty minutes pass. Guy comes back in and says, Hey, Greg, this guy's waiting on you. I said, Y'all were just pulling my leg. He goes, Man, no, there's a guy here who wants to see you. So I walk out there, I'm, you know, storm out there and say, Yeah, let me fall for the joke. And sure enough, there was a guy there. His name was Charlie Passery. Mm. He was a scout for the Washington Redskins. This is real. He, you know, he gave me his card and he goes, Hey, um, you got any plans? For afterwards. Right. I said, well, not really. He said, do you want to play? I said, oh, I want to play. I said, I don't, I said I'm, I don't know if I can or not. He goes, well, I'm down here. I was watching film against, with Johnny Cooks and Glenn Collins, and I kept, I kept noticing you. And he says, I think you could play for our team. Wow. So, he goes, hey, you need to keep working out, and we'll come, I'll come back down in March, and we'll have a pro day. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so he comes back down, and the guy calls me regularly. Hey, make sure I'm, hey, are you are you working out? He says, work on your 40 time. Get your 40 time down. Right. So I'm I am, I'm working. I said, I might have a shot here. You know, at least have a tryout. Right. So we come back down now. We're in April. I have my pro day. And um, he talks to me and says, hey. He says, you know, you did well. He said, I'm going to tell you. He said, we're not going to draft you. 
I said, that's okay. He goes, not because we don't think you can play. He says, nobody's going to draft you. Um, he said, don't take that the wrong way. He said, but, you know, they're just not going to draft you. I said, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I said, um, if you think I can play and you're going to give me the opportunity, I said, that's all I can ask. He goes, well, that's what we want. We want guys that want to play. So um, that was early April. I think the draft back then was in late April. You know, we had these guys, these teams coming in because they were watching Cooks and Collins, and they didn't know if they would draft them or not, but they, the team sent them down there. Right. Well, we, I, was going to, I was going to a concert one night, and I was, you know, a couple of buddies were over at my, over at my apartment, and phone rings, and it's um, Coach Ballard's secretary. And says, hey, Greg, uh, Coach Ballard wants you over to the office immediately. I said, okay. I, said, I hanged the phone up, and I said, look, I, said, I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> I said, what does he want me for? <laughs> so I said, well, anyway, I'm, I'm done. I'm a senior. I'm graduating. Yeah, yeah. Done. I, I said, he has no. I said, I can do what I want to do. I was, you know, I was real, real big in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so I run over to the complex, and Coach Ballard meets me, smiling from ear to ear, putting his arm around me. Says, I want you to meet some people. I said, All right. So I come in, and um, we go to the film room, and there's a. There's seven or eight coaches there. He said, hey, this is Sandy Kigliano of uh, Cincinnati. Here's his defensive guy. Here's his defensive back coach. And they're down here watching some stuff that we did last year. And says, um, he said, they noticed you on film. They said, who's that guy always around the ball? <laughs> he goes, hey, that's, that's Greg Williams. He goes, hey, he, he's, he, was, he was a walk-on. He, t- he told them my story. Yeah. And, and Sam Coach returned up and says, hey, I really like that kind of player. So he asked me, how would you like to play in Cincinnati? And I said, I'll play anywhere if I get the opportunity. And I got that from five or six teams before the draft. Wow. So I, I had some interest. And I said, wow. So now, so now we have the draft. And... Um, Right before the draft, the uh, uh, scout for Dallas calls me and, and says, hey, we're going to take you in the 12th round. I said, that's fine. Take me. Perfect. That's good. I like Dallas. Yeah. Well, they didn't select me, and um, which I wasn't surprised. So I already had, um, I had an itinerary after the draft. I was going to go visit Washington. I was going to go visit Philadelphia. I was going to go to Cincinnati. I was going to shoot back down to Atlanta, go to Dallas, and then come back home. So I fly into into Washington. And I remember when I got there, Charlie told me that, he said, we're not bringing many guys in because this, this is going to be a good opportunity because we're not bringing a lot of guys in for the for the roster spots, so I get there and then they, you know, we're going through all this stuff to talk to Bobby Bather, the general manager. Because this is how they do it; they um, they sign to a free agent contract. Right. Well, they put me down a hall, and as long as far as I can see, so I 
you know, with people. <laughs> and I said, what bring me anybody in? I mean, this, there, there had to be 60 or 70 guys there. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of us were free agents that they bring it in and talk to. And guys are coming out, talking about they, they signed and they got some money, this and that. So we have five 5.30. Right. They come out and they say, hey, if we didn't talk to you today, we'll, we'll catch you in the morning. We'll put you on the bus, take you back over to Dulles Marriott, and we'll bring you back, and we'll, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. So being the guy, kind of guy I was, I lingered around until everybody walked out, and I walked in, told the secretary, I said, I need to see that guy that's in there, and I'll be referring to Bobby Bassett because he was the GM. Right. I didn't know him. Of course. So he turns, he turns up and uh, he says, no, tell him we'll, we'll talk to him tomorrow. I said, no, I need to see him now. She did. He goes, okay, send him in. <laughs> he goes, what can I do? I said, well, I need to sign tonight. He goes, no, no, we'll do that tomorrow. I said, no, sir, I need to do it tonight. <laughs> he goes, you're dead set on this. I said, I'm dead set on this. He goes, you have an agent? I said, I just fired him. I said, I'm representing myself. <laughs> So he goes, okay, we'll give you the, the, the well, league minimum is 23000 We'll give you 28000 year. We'll sign to a standard contract, standard incentives, which I didn't even know what they were. I said, that's fine. He goes, really? I said, that's fine. I'll, I'll take it. I said, I'll play for free if you give me the opportunity. Wow. So I signed it, I signed it there, and I went back to my hotel room, called the Call Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Dallas and say, hey, I got to cancel because I just signed with Washington. And so then I signed with them, and then the rest was history. Um, well, just signing didn't mean I made the team. Um, but at least I was, at least I had an opportunity. I knew I was going to be at a camp somewhere that summer. With my man Greg Williams, I feel like I'm really back home. You're in the Mississippi Minute. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Day two in a Mississippi Minute. I love it when we have a continuation. Uh, some stories are just so worth it. It take more than an entire Mississippi Minute. So we have Greg Williams back, former NFLer. Amazing story of determination just one of the great sports stories, and he's from my hometown, Hell State, all the way to the NFL Super Bowl winning cornerback for the Washington Redskins. Uh, if you missed yesterday, check the podcast out. You can subscribe. It's there. Greg Williams. Welcome back, buddy. My first day at Washington at, at summer camp, we go to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and we go there, and back then, the roster was 47 players. I mean, um... 45 players, and they could have two inactive guys, which made it 47. No practice squad, nothing. Wow. I mean, it was 40. I mean, your roster spots were 45. So, sure enough, we go to Carlisle, and you know, the first three days of camp are all all rookies. 
draft picks and free agents. There had to be 65 to 70 of, of the rookies. And I'm like, wow, they're not bringing anybody in. <laughs> and though in day three, the veterans show up. And there's, you know, and that's, and that's now these veterans are guys who, who were cut the previous year and they, and Washington's picked them up for an, you know, they consider them veterans. So, right. So I'm coming out there and I, you know, and I walked out on the field there, Joe Theismann, John Riggins, <laughs> Russ Graham, Joe Jacoby. Yeah. I was like, wow. You know, and then, and the coach was, uh, was Joe Gibbs. It was only his second year. This was his second year. Uh, the year before was his first year, and he lost his first eight games. And then, but he but he ran the table, so he finished up eight and eight. And um, so we um, we start practice. Um, and in pro ball, it's um, it's really there really is no depth chart. It's it's the starter, and then there's a backup. And of course, they already had the starters. They they all you know they were six, seven, eight year veterans. And I'm looking around and. Um, Mike Nims, who was a punt returner, kind of took me under his wing, told, told me the ropes. Nice guy, Mark Murphy, extremely nice guy. He's he's now the I think was the GM for Green Bay for a number of years. He kind of t- told me the ropes, and he told me something uh, about being safety. Uh, he goes, look, he says, Coach Pettibone, he, it ain't like college. He, they really don't. He don't. He don't coach a lot. You know, in film sessions, they you know they go over stuff and that's it. I mean, you either retain it or you don't. If you don't, gotcha. you don't. Right. He said that. He said the one thing you want to do is make sure you get your checks right. It was my responsibility in this defense that on any kind of motion, I I made a check. So I said, okay. He said, know your know your checks. Just don't. He says, just don't blow those. If you need help. Come to me and I'll and I'll help you any way I can. I said, okay, perfect, thanks. So I get, I get a few reps and and they ran motion and I made the adjustments and I guess I was doing okay. Um, I hung around and so now we're coming up to the um, first preseason game. They've already had a couple cuts and I made the, I made a couple cuts. I said, well, this so I, I'm going to I'm going to address the first game for the preseason. Right. You know we had. We were still up to about 80 players at the time. So we're playing Miami, and now they got me on. I'm on kickoff team. I'm on, let me get to that. I'm on kickoff return. Not in the back. I'm on the front line. I'm on the end. Mm-hmm. I said, I've never played here. Because <laughs> in college and everything else, this was the, these were the big guys. Right. Well, I look over there. There's nothing but defensive backs and linebackers on the front, on the front, on the front row. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. So I remember Gibbs was up in the meeting. I guess this was on Thursday, talking about special teams and saying, "Hey, a lot of you guys are going to be playing some teams because you didn't play them in college because you were starters and you didn't play a lot of teams." He goes, "This is going to be your way to make this team." Of course, that 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 rung the bell for me. All right, you can make the team for special teams. He goes, "Look, the NFL is a lot faster than." college i don't care where you played the nfl is faster than anything you've seen right he goes on kickoff he says it happens real fast and say you rookies is going to he said we can't simulate in practice how fast it's going to happen now he said just and he kept emphasizing the speed 
I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played in the SEC. It's pretty fast. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure enough, so now we receive the, the, the kickoff in that first game against Miami. And this is very critical to my story because this is a very pivotal part. I'm out there. I'm looking around. They kick it off. It's a high kick. So I'm jogging back, watching the ball. Gonna look down here where the guy's gonna catch me, turn around and get on my guy. When I turned around, all I saw was green grass. I looked behind me and everybody was down the field. I was like, wow. <laughs> so I come off, and of course, not a coach, somebody said anything to me. Right. I knew, I knew that I had errored greatly. And I'm sitting there panting on the sideline. I said, I wanted. I wanted them to score so we can get another opportunity for kickoff. <laughs> sure enough, I guess somewhere in the second quarter they scored, and so now we're, we're receiving again. So now, second kickoff, I've already, I already know what happened at first kickoff. So now, kickoff again, I never see our guy catch the ball. I'm sprinting back. I'm loading up. I see my guy. He thinks he's got a free run, and I ear hold him. <laughs> good block, you know, we get a good return or something. And then the coach says a word, and the player says a word. So now we go through the game, and I don't know if we won or lost. But anyway, we had Sunday afternoon, we had film meetings. We're watching the game. Gibb stands up. He's addressing the team. He says, hey, um, you know, this is for all you rookies. He goes, I sat up here, I told you, the game moves fast. Right. You don't know. And I immediately knew he was talking about me. I, I knew it. Right. So he said the game moves fast. He said, we warned you. I told you we couldn't simulate it. Don't let the game pass you by. He says, um, sure enough, it all, we always have one guy. Who, you know, I think, I don't know where he played college ball, if he even played. He said, but let's, he said, let's show it. Let's, let's, he said, run the, run the kickoff. So he shows the whole team this kickoff. He's got his he's got his laser beam. He said, "Here he is." At that time, I was thirty eight. He goes, "Watch thirty eight. There he is." Oh, look at him. He's watching the ball. Everybody passes. He goes. Uh, he goes. Yep. This is what I was talking about. And I I I can't get under. I can't hide enough. <laughs> I said, "Wow, I'm done." I said, "But show the other one." I didn't know he was going to show the other one, so he cuts it off and says, hey, you know, guys, he said, in this league, as a rookie, he said, I don't care if you were our, our second-round draft choice. He says, you guys, he said, we're we're not dependent on you. He says, but he said, you young guys have to figure out a way to make something because you're not going to get many reps. He goes, so we don't have time to really go over every play with, with you young guys. He says, and this is why I like guys who can coach themselves. Yeah. So now I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up a little bit. Says I hope he's still talking about me. <laughs> he goes, we just saw the first kickoff. He said that was the first it, he's the first kickoff that he's ever been on. <laughs> he goes, he says run the second one. He says now, now during the game ain't a coach said a word to this guy. He said here's the second kickoff. He ran it. He pointed it out. I ear hold the guy. <laughs> and I mean, he is really, I mean, amping it up pretty good. He said, that's the kind of guy I want. 
Wow. The guy who makes a mistake, he comes right back on his own, he corrects it, and he'll never make that mistake again. He said, that's the kind of guys that, that I want on this team to play special teams. Wow. Okay, and, so i got to ask you something this, real quick. I gotta, okay, go ahead. You finish. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, that play, I think, as a matter of fact, my special teams coach even told me that that's what got me on the radar with Gibbs right there, that one play. Okay, so i got to ask you, you, do you look back at their attention to detail? How hard they had to – I mean, I guess you, I know you got all the coaches and you got a special teams coach, and that's his job, right? His job's on the line. For them to pay that much attention to that detail, which leads to championships, right? You have to be that. Absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Wow. We're talking to Greg Williams, former Mississippi State standout, Washington Redskins. He's got a big, shiny ring. He's from my hometown. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We're going to be right back. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. When you've done all you need to do, and you've had more trouble than you can use, and you've painted every road that you can find. We are talking to Greg Williams. We're in a Mississippi Minute. We're in day two, because that's what we get to do. See, a Mississippi Minute for two Greenville guys will last two days, and that's where this interview has taken us. Greg. Welcome back on Friday. <laughs> this is this is awesome. Okay, so you have these pivotal moments in your career. They all, to me, come wrapped in a different package, but the answer is always the same. Man, this was born to happen. This was in the plan. It's, it's just amazing how, how your story has unraveled. You're, you make the, the team the first year, and you're on special teams. At what point do you start getting some defensive back reps? Well, um, my second year. Uh, I'll tell you this. After my first year um, of playing special teams, um, I come in um, over the summer. I'm in there, you know, three days a week. And I'm in there one day in Pettibone. The defense, he's the defensive coordinator and the defensive back coach calls me in, calls me up, and says, hey, I want you to uh, report early to camp. And that's for all the rookies. Right. And uh, but he said, I want you there. I want you to get you some extra reps because we're going to, we're going to, we got plans to use you more. Man. I said, I'll be there a day early. No problem. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I took it as, all right, I'm on, I'm on the radar. Now, what this meant, as I found out the longer I played, is is if I, if they felt comfortable me at the safety position, they would either release Mark Murphy or drop him down. But he was going into his eighth year, which probably means that he would be released. At the time, I didn't I didn't realize that. But um, but you know, it, I did know that it's it's competition. You know. Guys lose their job. Guys keep their job. Right. Are we still Same playing for, for $26,000, $28,000, or are you starting to get some more money? No, this is my second year. Uh, I think it's. I think I signed a two-year deal for 28 each year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, you got to remember, um, you get paid, you get paid uh, 16 weeks 
during the season. That's when you get your your they divide it up sixteen weeks. Right. And the rest of the time you're on your own. Um so there is no check. So twenty eight thousand I got it in, in sixteen weeks. You know, I didn't think about June or July. But you learn how to you know, you learn how to um now I understand why they said the old guys said we had to get a job during the off season. Right. I understand why. So so we go to camp. This is I guess it would be eighty three. And I've been there with the with a lot of the rookies. I'm sure I was like a rookie myself. But anyway, I, but I knew the coaches staff. I, I felt comfortable because I played the year before. So we're going through some ball drills. And um, I don't know, uh, Peter Bone threw one out there. And I, just, I probably just put an arm out or something. And he and I heard him make a comment. So I come back and I say, hey, Bone, did you say something? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I said something. He says, we got detergent. Don't be scared to get your pants dirty. <laughs> and I, I said, Wow, okay, really? All right, well, of course, you know, my time comes up again, and he kind of throws one out there that I got to die for. I die for it. Well, when I came down, felt something in my knee. Oh. Finished, pra- finished practice. I said, wow, knee just don't feel right. So I go into the trainer after. He goes, oh, you probably just sprained it or something. I told him what I did. He said, oh, you probably just sprained it. You probably just slice it up, and we'll, we'll check it out tomorrow. I said, no problem. Well, that night, at about 2 o'clock, I wake up. The excruciating pain, it's, I mean, the swelling is, is unbelievable. Yeah. And so now I'm sitting there watching the clock. I'm waiting on 6 o'clock to roll around because that's when the training room opens. Sure enough, it it rolls around 6, and I roll out of bed and can't walk. Oh. I mean, I, I'm coming. I'm, I'm on the third floor <laughs> of the dorm we're staying at, the car lounge. I'm hobbling down the steps, hugging on the rail, get down to the first floor, and there's a ball. He sees me coming down the steps and he goes, what's wrong with you? I said, you know that ball you threw out there? He said, don't get your pants dirty. Don't be scared to get your pants dirty. I said, when I dove, I said, this up my deck got me. He goes, wow, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> now, he's going to the training room. I'm, I, I, I can't even walk. He doesn't even offer me a ride. Yeah. I said, wow. So I get over there, and sure enough, I tore my MCL um, that coming in early, and so I miss all account. Oh, and how do you st- so how, does, how do you maintain how you keep your position? That's just it. I can't practice, and Gibbs comes up and tells everybody, you know, he, I hear him make comments about if you can't practice, then we can't evaluate. I got to have guys on the practice field to make evaluations. Right, and I said, well. That's it. I didn't even know they had an injury reserve. That's how naive I was. I guess I'm going home. I said, I'm hurt, and they're going to keep me around. And one of the older guys said, man, says, if you can't go, they're going to put you on an IR. I said, what's IR? <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> because that's injury reserve. They, you know, they, you still, you're still here. They still pay you. And I said, well, at least I got hope for that. Yeah. But I remember coming out, um, I guess it was the fourth week, I was getting close to getting um, released from the medical staff to be approved to play. And how many, and how many weeks, Greg? Not, I'm sorry. How many weeks? It was four weeks. We had four weeks. Uh, four okay, weeks so four weeks. They don't have to. Did they go in and operate? Oh, yeah. I had, I had arthroscopic, yes. Okay. Now, I'm, 
I'm back doing rehab. I'm I'm back running a little bit. I'm not in game condition or playing condition and all, but I'm not far from it. Okay. And the last week, I escaped every cut because I was injured. And the guy, you know, the veterans said, hey, don't worry about that because they can't cut you injured if you're injured. Wow. I said, well, at least I'll stay around for a while. <laughs> so it comes up uh, that week, and um, and I'm walking off the practice field, you know, in shorts and everything. Everybody's finished practicing. And Gibbs grabs me and goes, hey, this how's the knee? I said, hey, it's, it's pretty good. I said, I think I think." Um, I'm real close. And uh, he says, can you play? I says, uh, I'm not sure I can play defensive back. I said, but I can cover kicks. I said, right now I can cover a kick. I don't want you for defensive back. I want to know if you can cover your kick. I said, yes, sir, I can go. He goes, okay, we're going to keep you. Wow. And I said, really? Here we go. Now, so, you, did you feel, were you lying to him or lying to yourself? or? Uh... Well, I was probably budging a little bit. If he'd have told me to run up and down the field right then, I would have. Would I have done some more damage? Maybe. But I would. Have, I think I could have run straight. What I didn't realize is the stopping and the cutting right. is where it really took the toll on me. Because I was probably four or five weeks into the season before I got really healthy. Didn't do any more damage. Um, I, it did some irritation. And I noticed it worse when we played on turf. That's when it, that's when I really hmm. I was sore the following day. Especially the, the turf, turf you turf. played on. It was like concrete Absolutely. underneath it. It's, right? it's concrete. Yeah. yeah. It's concrete. <laughs> but I got healthy and um, got back, you know. And then that year, we were playing Dallas. We lose Murphy. Wow. So I'm sitting there, and I look over and Pedro and goes, hey, go in at Jill, which, we, which was the free safety position. And there I go. Wait a minute, this, so, is, this is the first time ever to play any D-back at all, or had you pl- gotten some No, some I, had played some, I had played some before. Okay. Um, but this was a, a very crucial conference game. Now, I played a lot of – I played minutes um, when we were up. And we, wouldn't, we never were down very much, so it wasn't no closeout game. But, but I, I played some – played a lot preseason, and if we got up, 28 points, then I'm, I, I get a couple I get a couple series. Now, this is my first time to see games in the first quarter, other than uh, short yardage. So I run out there and play it, and I, you know, now there is no, even though I'm a, on the backup, there was no deviation in what the plan was. Um, and whether I had time to, to know it from practicing or whatever, that's that was my job. And it was my responsibility. That was knowing your checks, and, right? Absolutely. Okay. That's where you're prepared during the week. That's where you listen in the meeting room. You listen on the practice field, even though you're not getting the reps. Okay, all right. And that's what – I got you. That's what Murph told me. Okay, all right. We're with Greg Williams, former NFLer. This is day two, and this is awesome. Because the Mississippi Minute, like I said, for the two of us, it takes at least two days. That's how we roll. Greg, you get to play DJ again your second time. You're only one of my three guests in history so far to get to go into day two. So, being the birthplace of Mississippi music, and you know all about it, you lived and breathed it as well. Besides sports, we have the arts that roll like you won't believe. We grew up in the land of Jim Henson and the Muppets. Do you want to hear a little Faith Hill or Ike Turner? Faith Hill. I figured you'd pick the girl. I love Faith. 
You got it. We're in a Mississippi minute. We're with former standout Christian school here in Greenville, Moorhead Junior College, Mississippi State, Hell State, the nation. All loves this guy. And Washington Redskins, Super Bowl winner, Craig Williams. We'll be right back. She's a wild In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We were just two kids on the corner of Highway 1 and 82. I'm Steve Azar. Right. I'm with my man Greg Williams. We uh, he's in Washington, D.C., where he stayed. Uh, for work and raise his family, but he is a Greenville, Mississippi native, and uh, he has some uh, big jewelry, so uh, he knows what it feels like to uh, hold that Lombardi trophy, and uh, an amazing journey he had in his life. Greg, what about your salary the year three? Are you getting to, do you have an agent now? You're still representing yourself? Nope. I, I, I always was, um, I was represented by myself, because uh, they were going to get, I was going to take whatever they, whatever they offered. Um, I did. I did make more money my third and fourth and fifth year. So, so that was. Um, it's it's not what they make today. I right. promise you that. But you would, were, did you ever get to be back then? I mean, I know we know the difference. We know the difference in golf once Tiger Woods came. I mean, it was nuts. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so were you ever making six figures, or you know, including the playoffs no, and I never, all that? Well, if you include the playoffs, I got real close. But you got to remember. When I played the playoffs, you know, you get 5000 for the wild card game and right. 10000 for the division and fifteen for the NFC championship game. And I think that has um, tripled. Um, right. I think they get uh, quite a bit now for the championship game. But that was a big – I mean, think about it. The living expenses back then. I don't know what happened where it happened where we have to make all this money now. But somewhere along the line, it's almost like, well – Things that cost five dollars now cost a hundred. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it <laughs> so, is. So cars you and know, everything. And, and let me let me say, at the you know, money really never factored in for me. Probably, it probably sh- I look back and and it probably should have. But I would have played for the same amount every year. Yeah, um, I love that. I, I just I just I just was, I, I enjoyed it so much, and I and I liked it that. The money was great, but um, I wasn't playing for the money. No, uh, and I can't say I I wouldn't be doing that to, in today's game. Today's game, I think I I would um, I would be playing for the money, right? Um, uh, because I, you can play four or five years and and, and be and be your future you're life set. Be much yeah. Better. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're set. You're set. Well, that's just the way it's worked out now. But I got to tell you honestly, musically, I never did it for the money either. During my during my period, I mean, it, at some point you have to. But but I always did it for the right reasons. I think that's what that's what helps you focus on. I mean, I think if you focus on the dollar versus actually getting good, <laughs> you know, I don't think you get there. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think that that's why you do it. 
I mean, I don't, I couldn't have never written songs that were mattered or, or anything if I would have been doing it for the doc. It just wouldn't have worked out. So I get this. We're talking to Greg Williams. You're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. I'm having a blast with my Greenville brother. Okay, you get to year three. Is year three when we win the Super Bowl? Well, or, we won the year. We won the Super Bowl the year one. Oh wait, you won it in year one. Year one. Oh, your first year. That, Miami, that's right. Year. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Well, so when yep. you're when you're when you're done with the NFL, what caused you to walk away? Because you were playing so well. Well, I really didn't walk away. Um, I was asked to leave. Oh. Um, I got released. Um, I tell you why because I was going into my, I guess it was my fifth year. Um, now you're making a little bit more money. Now they start looking at your productivity, um, and they start looking at from they bring rookies in, they pay them less money. That's right. why they, they they that they can get off their payroll, and they made a decision that the the other two guys because I'm I know another safety that got released with me. He he had been playing I think nine or ten years, and he said, "Hey, it's just that's part of the game." It's yeah. one part of the game that when it gets to that point, um, if you're not a starting position, a player, um, they get a they get a younger guy that, that has a chance to become a starter at a younger age, right? And they're paid him less money, and I and I found that out, and that's um. But um, I will say this: the day I got released was the one of my one of my most relieved moments <laughs> in my life because. I felt like the pressure of um, playing every day and you know, whether you're going to be here tomorrow was gone. Yeah, I mean, yours, um, yours was always I, I that. I took it very well. I took it very well. It, it was it was no shock to me. I said, hey, great. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> hey, I'm done. I was done. Um, wow. I mean, I, and, I, and I look back on that and I say, you know, I, I was very fortunate to play as long as I did. I mean... For me, I look back on it and say, if I played one game, it was a, a life success. Because I had no visions of ever playing in the NFL. I always wanted to, but reality checks in. And But I was very happy the time I spent there and enjoyed it. And um, hmm. and I you know, pass it on to my kids. And I tell them the story all the time. Yeah. And I always say, Dad, we've heard it. We've heard the story, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're so much like me. <laughs> I'll sit them down and they go, oh, no. <laughs> yes. It's been a heck of a life lived so far. You got a lot left. Good Lord's willing. I can't thank you enough for spending a two-day Mississippi Minute. All 120 of them, 20 minutes. Uh, we've been with great Greg Williams. And, uh, Greg, I can't thank you enough for uh, for letting me ruin your work day. That's all right, Steve. I sure appreciate it. And um, good talking with you. You too, buddy. Bless you. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. It's easier than ever to hear Super Talk anywhere. Now you can get Super Talk Mississippi on Amazon Alexa devices. Just go to supertalk.fm slash Alexa to find out more. For news, politics, sports, and the good things happening in Mississippi, the conversation starts here. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.